All right, everyone, welcome to the Above Average Football Fan Podcast for above average football fans and below average football fans who want to learn more about the game, or if you're a football junkie, this is the podcast for you. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy it. All right, everybody, we're here for episode four. I've got two good friends here with me, Andy Boyd, former USC tight end, and Bryson Summers, uh, former kicker at PC, and current coach at Airport High School. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for having us. All right, so Andy, I'm going to start off with you. Um, What I always like to do here is is talk a little bit about recruiting. Mm -hmm. You're from Concord, North Carolina, and what what brought you to Carolina, South Carolina, that is? Um, You know, honestly, it was not a school on my radar. Um, Grew up huge North Carolina fan. You know, Matt Brown days, Dean Smith days, Blue Heaven Daddy, Mm -hmm. you know. (laughs) You know, and I mean, honestly, that was just kind of on my radar. But even it's funny, I've even told my boss here recently, like, that was the thing. Like, you know, now, obviously, with TV, Internet, can watch a game wherever you want to. Well, up there, obviously, during the time, it was just like, you know, two or three stations would show a game of the week, a 4 o'clock game, and then, obviously, then, like, the national game or whatever would be on. Well, up there, it's just so many ACC schools. Like, you didn't see SEC games other than the CBS game. I mean, Mm -hmm. even in Charlotte, only two hours away. Right. You know, so it wasn't like – huge thing on my radar but North Carolina was you know and just obviously their success Um, but honestly I think during the time even when I was getting recruited you could be officially offered they could send you handwritten documents pretty much I think it was like March 1st or May 1st whatever it was Mm -hmm. and I literally got I think I got offered by like Duke got offered by South Carolina got offered by Ohio University and a lot of it was was you know kind of same thing waiting on that North Carolina offer to come across but obviously had three right there great awesome and a lot of it was even a lot of the schools I went and visited on my own I didn't even like go and work out for these people I got offered just based on watching film and stuff Um, but you know I'd been to North Carolina countless times obviously just from being a fan but then obviously even going through freshman sophomore year going up there just to be seen obviously showing interest and I think they even had the Shrine Bowl workouts uh, up there even one of the years I was there I think my junior going into senior year or something like that anywho um, you know just obviously just showed that I wanted to be a part of North Carolina I wanted to be there I wanted to play for you know Tar Heel Blue all that stuff and you know same thing kind of got like a academic you know invite down here for South Carolina went down here it was the first time being down here but you know had some Williamsburg Stadium had the skybox all that stuff you know some of the people that were even Juco guys um, you know but that was my first time being here being on campus all that stuff and even just having a but my thing I think even when it fully came down to it near the end was just like it just felt so much more comfortable here and it just even in the sense of like people it seemed like you could relate to you know, and just even in a comfort level, social level, all that stuff, too, to where, I mean, even visiting friends that I went to school with at North Carolina even later just awfully seemed like it just wasn't people I could chill with. Right. You know, but, and it wasn't anything by any, by the football aspect of things, but North Carolina didn't offer me literally until they kind of got word that I was probably about to commit to South Carolina. Okay. And it just always seemed like a comfortable place that was different. You know, Skip Hulse recruited me, you know, really enjoyed being around him, you know, talking to him and stuff. And, I mean, honest goodness, I committed him before I even – I actually came to one South Carolina game in my life before I committed to South Carolina, and it wasn't when I was getting recruited. It was actually I came – my freshman year in high school, it was South Carolina against Tennessee when T. Martin was playing, and they won the national championship that year. And I'm not sure, but I think maybe like it's like 56 points got put up. Well, if I remember you correctly, know, that wasn't a great day for the game. Uh, but, but honestly, I, I stayed the whole game, though. But it was the first time being there, Williams-Price, yeah. up in the corner, yeah. just being like, man, like, this is cool, you know. But right. then, 
you know, again, my first kind of real being there was after 9-11, Alabama first home game, you know, for them to have. And because the Wofford game got moved to later in the year yep. to the open date. But, you know, being there for that, being there for the Alabama game, the upset Alabama, just the energy, obviously, in the place, how crazy it was, and just another successful season of them, mm-hmm. you know, going to an Outback Bowl. But I committed, like, in August before my senior year because same thing. I mean, you know, I love the dudes from my hometown. I love playing with them. You know, I thought we had a great squad, you know, and it was just like, I mean, we had the talent there. Mm-hmm. still believe it to this day that we had some studs, man. Yeah. I mean, straight up, we were nasty. I mean, through the four years of high school, and I mean, I, I've always worn Concord on my chest, man. Like, straight up, like, love that place. And even coming down here, I'll never forget, because Rivals, that's the crazy part, too. Right, This was the first year of Rivals when I was getting recruited. Literally, two people had 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 a film online. It was Mo Thompson and Ricardo Hurley, number one linebacker in the country, and Mr. Football, South Carolina. And there was, like, 28 people in the class, so they were the only one. And I remember seeing, like, it was just me in profile, like, straight up looking like I just got out of bed, like, walked out of the thing. It was like, <laughs> smiling, <laughs> cheesing. But, like, I had three stars, and I was like, I'm only a three-star? Like, pissed. Right. You know, I always just kind of had that chip on that shoulder about that. Like, I was just like, bullshit. Like, I'm way ba- Like, bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, and but that, you know, again, it was just in really even going into it later on, seeing where the opportunity was mm-hmm. because of me wanting to play tight end and understanding that was probably going to be more the role that I was going to be going into, but seeing that there was playing time there. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, and, and honestly, even at that time, I would really say probably, I mean, I've always loved football. I mean, Always, but like going through the high school years, start seeing the radar, the players you like, how people play. And I mean, that was Algie Crumpler at North Carolina, you know, and then all of a sudden that was kind of, I would say probably the next big name that I, at least I, I can recall that came out was that was when Shockey yeah. made it big in the NFL. I'll never forget that. We were in the middle of football camp watching the first preseason game yep. and straight up Shockey just threw that form into that dude's chest on the Hall of Fame game oh. and run a touchdown and everybody was like, Damn, you know, and just lost their shit. And but I mean, I've I've said this for several years. Like literally, the tight end is the defensive end of the offense. The offensive line. You know, that's how. And I mean, literally, even the ones that are the great ones plus the ones that are playing today, literally, they are such weapons. It's insane, you know. And, but it's a matter of finding those and just understand what mismatches they are. But anywho, you know. So you you mentioned. I'll tell you a funny story. You mentioned uh, Ricardo Hurley and, yeah. and rival videos. So that you and I are oh, the same yeah, age, and, and um, you know, uh, <laughs> you you were upset that you were a three star. I would have been blessed if they'd have given me a half star. And um, <laughs> there was one time my dad and I were watching um, Rivals on TV because Fox Sports South would show the right, highlights, right, 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 like Saturday and, mornings. Yeah. That's right. And so my dad and I were watching, and we so they, they go to show Ricardo Hurley. He had mm-hmm. talked about going to South Carolina, so we're watching, and all of a sudden we see we're like, oh man. I think that's against Spartanburg High. And I'm like, oh, cool. I might, I might see myself. I might see myself. And then all of a sudden they show Ricardo, and I can tell by the formation and where we are on the field. Sure. Which one's you? What play's about to happen. Yeah. And I, in my head I went, oh, no. <laughs> so we ran a reverse, and Hurley was my guy. But the reverse should have taken his eyes completely away from me. Sure. Ran it away. So I'm thinking – I'm going to ear hole Ricardo Hurley. I'm going to get hit of the week. It's going to be awesome. Get that full At the star. last second, <laughs> he, saw you. he saw me, gave me a forearm, 
threw me off like a flea, went through me and two other guys and made the tackle on the backfield for a five-yard loss. So when they show it again, they do it in super slow-mo. And, yes, exactly. I'm back spread eagle. My arms are back, and it's clear across my back. Draws deck, 75. And I was like, well, uh, no one's recruiting me to play anything. So, uh, you know, I always like to think if you talk to Ricardo anytime soon, tell him I helped him get recruited. No, he definitely – I promise you, there's definitely those dudes that you played with. I mean, believe me, I'm pretty sure he decleated me early on freshman year. But same thing once I finally gained some weight, like the 260, 270 to throw around. You know, was able to get him back on a little hitch route where he's just sitting there going, that's my spot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but it's the same sense. I mean, honest to goodness, I mean, there's several people like, you're like, shit, I got to go against him. Because, you know, people bring it every damn play, man. Right. You know, and but like, I mean, Lance Lowry, I'll never forget that. Lance Lance was a senior um, Spurrier's first year. And Lance came off the edge one time and just straight gave Ate my shit, but I mean, straight just decleated my ass. Just bam, just like fuck, like, like got my shit hit hard. You know, just being like, damn, like, damn. And I mean, but Lance, same thing. Lance, every time you want to get Lance, Lance brought it, man. You know, so. But the thing is, is when you have people like that. But that's you know part of the game, part of team building, and understanding. Even when I was there as a freshman, it was see the people that are on the field. What is making them successful? How are they getting on the field? You know, you right. want to mimic that stuff, right. you know, yeah. because you know that's the way they want to coach, performed, you know, executed. Yeah. And, you know? and you kind of hit on where I was going to go next is, is that step up in competition. When mm-hmm. you get to the college level, you talked about Lance Lowry, you talked about Ricardo, you talked about some other guys. You know, that step up in competition, the SEC. Oh, for sure. The D- D1 football, big difference. Oh, 100%. I mean – I think what it came down to, I think one of the best sayings I heard was, uh, I cannot remember the D-line coach's name, but he was at North Carolina, but he even said it like literally. We did a drill with him my uh, when I was going to one of their camps. Again, right. this was the whole thing. Like They are like, if you want to be here, you know, need you in camp. And it was before like camp is now where you can spend four hours here, go up here, take another four yeah. hours, you know, spend right. your weekends going to multiple places to get yourself right. out there. Um you know, but being that there, I mean, he even said it, like, literally, he made us pretty much get, like, in a downward dog position. Right. You know, straight up ass in the air, hands, like, holding a push-up position. He's just like, all right, we're just going to see who's who can who can stay up the longest. I mean, he was straight up just checking people's mental toughness. Right. And I mean, that is all we did for an entire period was stay in that position. And he right. was just, he was like, if you quit, you're done. You're like, get out. But he even always said he was just like, it don't matter if you play Division One, mm-hmm. Division Two, II, Division Three, whatever. Playing college football is a bitch. It is a bitch. It's nothing but competition. Each day, understand and proving yourself. You know, yeah. your job is never secure just because there's always new talent coming in. There's always somebody else out there to get better. So it's just you having that. You just got to have that drive yeah. each day to to work and stuff. But I mean, that was uh, you know, I, I really think I mean just kind of seeing that. But even getting here to Carolina. I mean, obviously, I, the big thing is, is all of a sudden you come from being 18. As they always say, you're the big dog. Yes, you're the big dog at your school. And then all of a sudden it is a two football fields full of big dogs, you know. And then it's just learning to play the game differently, too, because it turns out into a thing. And I think it was Travell that I remember saying. I think he was – it was like a year or two after he went to the pros and stuff. And it's valid. I mean, everybody's big. Everybody's strong. Everybody's fast. Mm-hmm. But that's where the details come out. Yeah, like I remember how you that. play technique – Understanding yeah. hand position, 
understanding leverage, understanding pad level, all that stuff matters, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just the proper execution, understand what you're trying to do inside and out every play. Right. Uh, but, I mean, really, I would say that was the thing. All of a sudden, like, clearly, you know, you may see one or two 300-pounders. I think even in my day back in at Concord and Cabarrus County, Charlotte obviously just had the population at the time a lot yeah. more. You could see it. But we played like one – one uh one school butler it was like the first first or second year of them being a high school up there and they came to our place and they had like two dudes i mean they literally pretty much had a whole offensive line that were you know 250 260 above mm -hmm. you know but outside of that same thing well, you ain't facing a whole bunch of d1 right. people yeah. but, right you know i think that was the thing was you know it's also you're testing yourself mm -hmm. You know, you're proving to yourself that you can do this. Yeah, you can belong. compete. You, yeah. There's a reason you're here. Yeah. Well, and that's just a competitor's mindset. Right. I, I, you know, you, you talked about seeing yourself as three-star and it made you mad. And that's just a competitor's mindset right. uh, of, no, I'm, I'm better than that. 100%. Yeah, you know, you know, it doesn't matter who looked at me. It doesn't matter. They, they looked at me wrong. They didn't see this because that's who you are. Yep. You have to be that to be great. And, and sure. you know, I, I, to get to that level, you know, I mean, it's it's a big part of it. So during your career at Carolina, you played for Lou Holtz mm -hmm. and you played for Steve Spurrier. Steve. So I want you to give us a little comparison, Lou Holtz to Steve Spurrier. If you got a story you can think of oh, yeah, that no, it, it, it embodies it, that would be awesome. Definitely. No, I mean, I, you know, I think a lot of it just with with Holtz, I think it was, it was just, you know, you know, he was the man at the top of the totem pole. You know, he was the man at the top of the pyramid, you know. But I will say, I mean, he was always he, – he definitely stood by his open-door policy, I would say. You could go by, and he was never bashful about signing a gift for you. You know, yeah. if there was things you wanted to give out, he'd be happy to help you. You know, but honestly, I think a lot of just even, you know, Coach Holtz, from him being public speaker to obviously being in a football coach, it's just – it's – Understanding it's changing. He's much more of a mental coach yeah. than actually just a football player. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, and I mean, I don't know if, if you've talked to a number of people, I don't know if you've ever heard about his uh, his uh, his hypnotist. You know how we'd like put people in like a trance and stuff like that. I've heard of that. Okay. Yeah. So like literally, he would put you in a dark room, and like literally, the offensive meeting room at the time is I think was at some point was like the media room, but now the media room down in the old stadium was like yeah. the offensive room. Anywho, mm -hmm. it was one of the rooms where there was actual space that you could lay out. But Holtz would only go through it like, I swear he would go through it for the full segment like at the beginning of the year. But what he's teaching you, though, too, is just to try to clear your mind, push yourself in a stance. Because, I mean, literally from this moment here, I, you know, even through the Spurrier era, you know, we'd get, this is this week's plays. And I could literally go through the plays, put myself in that trance of just like all right if i'm positioned here and the guy's here i got it this if he's yeah. here i got this if he's here i got this and be able to go ahead and play the game before it's actually played and that's his whole hypnosis part of it stuff but what was funny was just sitting there getting you into that relaxed state of you going like you know you feel your body sink into the carpet <laughs> you know and it's like you know each breath that you take feel the stress relief from your body feel your big toe get nice and heavy Exhale, you know, and but what he's doing the same thing was just he would like get you into a just a state of like he's like you should feel like you're just right under the carpet, <laughs> you know. But he would start calling ball plays, right? You know, in the yeah, same feel sense, yeah, right? Yeah. So again, you just putting yourself in a place where you can just position yourself at the hash, the numbers, you know. Same thing, just understanding of how to mentally prepare, but. 
you know, really with Holtz, I think a lot of it too was just even, again, his whole attention to detail and how that whole attention to detail spread even to the position coaches, from the position coaches to the guys that are successful on, on the field on Saturday. Details. Yeah. So you can see the practices putting in, and there were so many good guys up, like, I mean, really that went on, you know, played in the professional leagues, mm -hmm. things like that, or even competed to try to get there. You know, there was the talent was there. You right. know, I think a lot of it just comes into the execution aspect of things. Yeah. Well, um, in, our, in our previous episode, Langston Moore, if you haven't heard that yet, go back and uh, make sure and download that and listen. Um, he talked about a, a culture of accountability under Coach Holtz, and he said one of Coach 100%. Holtz's uh, big statements was, "Who are, who are you kidding?" He was like, you know, if you're not going to class, if you're not doing what you're supposed right. to do, who are you letting down, really? A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and it, but even it got to the, and I think that's even how, um, you know, Googe, who was my, you know, I had him for pretty much, like I said, a six, nine month period. Um, and then, you know, things just kind of got shuffled around after right. that year. But, I mean, he even always said, he's like, like, you, you're already working against yourself if you're giving them any reason not to play you. Right. Don't give them a reason not to play you, you know, and that instead of the aspect of how you play to what you do off the field to what you do in your mm -hmm. classroom, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, he made it very, very upfront, mm -hmm. like day one, like if you're late to study hall, if you, you know, you find yourself in the bond, like I better be the first person you call mm -hmm. because I just want to know. We can kind of help each other out. We'll figure this stuff out. He goes, but if I'm sitting here and, like, I'm trying to sit here and game plan, and i got to find out something. You're not going to clash. You're not doing what you're supposed to. Like, he's like, me and you are going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. And literally, he'd, he'd hold true to that. People did not go to class, like, straight up. Like, I remember one time I had one dude just sitting there holding dummies, and we had to sit there and do cross-body blocks on him until he felt that, you know, the point was made. But the dude that's sitting there holding the dummies was the one missing class. Right. You know, but it's, again, understanding yeah. you've got to be accountable that, you know, it don't matter if you're playing or not. Like, you're part of this team. Well, and you you're get part that, of this team, that you know? you're, you're your brother's keeper mentality. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, you know, even playing high school, which is as far as I went, you know, we our, our coach's big thing, Coach Davis' big thing, was you were going to be on time to everything, but particularly sure. pregame meal. Like on Fridays, everybody's feeling good about themselves. They got their jersey on. They're sure. feeling pretty good about themselves. They're going to stop and talk to the girls. But if you walked by a guy that you knew was late, you were grabbing him. And you were going, sure. nah, man, I'm, on Monday, I'm not running for you. Sure. You better get yourself to meal because I got, I, I'm not running. I'm not doing extra. So yeah. that creates a, a feeling of we're all in this together. But also, I'm going to check you. You know, if, if you're not doing what I need you for to sure. do, I'm going to get you right. Yeah. And, and you get to where the same is going for everybody. And, and the same is going Dude, no in. Doubt. So tell me a little bit about Coach Spurrier. We've talked about Holtz. Yep. Tell me a little about uh, Coach Spurrier as a head coach. Um, I think, truthfully, I mean, at the end of the whole Holtz career, because that was pretty much, you know, Clemson fight, all that stuff, you know, just, you know, obviously another Hall of Fame coach coming in, mm -hmm. obviously not somebody that recruited you. But in my mind, I took it as a – this is a clean slate. Right. Whatever has happened in the past has right. happened in the past. What is in the future is now in your hands. Yeah. And that's just kind of what I took the opportunity as. I mean, Brownlee already graduated, you know, and really, I mean, I was pretty much almost the seniority type of dude in the position. Um so, you know, granted, obviously, it was almost kind of, in a sense, a position for me to lose. But, obviously, I mean, being able to play for Coach Spurrier, know you're going to be throwing the ball a lot more, not going to be sitting here all the time blocking. But still, believe me, blocking I still love. Like, mm -hmm. nothing better than dominating somebody. 
straight up. There's nothing better than than having a guy in front of you, and and he's trying to come forward, and you're you're going against his will, and 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 making him go backward. Oh, 100 percent. And you know, as and a bad offensive lineman, it didn't happen a lot for right. me. But when it did, it's a good feeling. Oh, for sure. And a lot of it, I think that's the thing. Is just you know, when you look and encompass it. I mean, that's why it's just where they talk about, you know, getting better, a little bit better each day, you know. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, that that first year, my first year was just a blur, man. You know, it's just because it's new. Everything's new. Every day's new. You don't know what's right. happening. And I think even Holtz, Holtz always made that mentality, too, that it was always like, you know, you don't know what was going to happen. Halftime, you're like getting a manager. You're like, let me see the schedule. Like, what are, Oh, it's week six, and we're doing Oklahoma. Good, good, <laughs> right, good. Get ready for Oklahoma in week six. Let's get a full blast. Tackle the shit out of one another. All right, you know. But when Spurrier came in, and I mean, I'm not joking. I think from the day he got there to the day his last day on those fields, it was the exact same practice. And I ain't joking. And I think a lot of that it just takes you out of the mind place. You know, the mindset. But you get into the mode of understanding. Okay, Monday's a review day. You know, maybe try some wrinkles. Let's mm-hmm. just look at some things. Mm-hmm. Always in shorts and helmets mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. And this is more during season. Tuesday, Tuesday and Wednesday were work days. Mm-hmm. Going full pads. You're doing inside live at least. But and even I think that's where even the mentalities changed from Holtz to Spurrier. Holtz was like, well, the reason we're not winning is clearly we're not practicing hard enough. Mm-hmm. <sighs> In the old old more. school mentality, 100%. like we, hit we have more. to do more. Like we're not we're not hitting hard enough. Our tackling. So I mean, literally. I mean, if there's a, another whole story, I don't mean to digress, no, but it's like good. literally, it's like he's again. The man is trying to motivate us. You know, just you know, tired of listening to what he's Love saying. To but, have a story. <laughs> <laughs> but like literally, like Sundays were always like our meeting days. But he came in there. He's like, man, I figured it out. I know why we're not winning any football games. And you're like, well, shit. Why do we tell. football games? <laughs> you know, you're like, wow, well, tell us, coach. And he's like, we don't have any SEC football players in this room. <laughs> and you're like, well. <laughs> like, I'm all in this room. right, then. <laughs> um, but pretty much what it then turned into was just the next week. I mean, we absolutely, it was spring ball. Yeah. Like, literally, it was just live. Let's get after it. This was also week eight. Right. Don't need to be doing that week eight and nine. That's just people a are bigger, faster, stronger. It's just, but it's just again, it's the mindset. Right. Spurrier, again, Mondays light. Tuesday workday, Wednesday workday, Thursdays. Thursdays was just sharp. You didn't want to drop balls. You know, you're focused. You know, it's not even hard. You're wearing just shells for protection, and right. you know, taking your steps, taking those first couple things as just triggers. And right. then Friday was legitly walkthroughs. Right. And then Saturday was, you know, how everything was scheduled out. Right. But it was that way every single time. Right. Yeah. So you get in the routine and understanding, knowing where you, where you have to be, right. where meetings have to are, right. and all that stuff. And, I mean, I think a lot of it was it didn't seem as a, like, I would say the reins just came off. But a lot of it was was just he kind of treated you more like an adult and a professional right. in a sense. And yeah. that's what he kind of expected. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that was also a couple. Like, to me, in my mind, at least, it feels like a generation ago. Right. Just because of, obviously, just all the things that are pulling a young man right. nowadays, yeah. you know? Well, and, you know, I, I think back to uh, – I read a book one time about John Wooden, and he talked about, you know, if you change practice a lot or if the kids don't know when practice is over, they're holding energy. They're not going 100% because they're like, well, sure. we might go another series. We right. might know go another. And, and, and that's exactly the same. That is exactly how Coach Spurrier was. Because that a lot of it was was just about – that's where I would say, like, all right, if 
you're supposed to run a 15 yard curl, right. you got to push it to 17 and back to 15. Right. To where Spurrier said the same thing, but if you did, he didn't break it down of coming off the front foot, driving off that lead leg, pulling to come back. That just seemed to me more the Spurrier thing to where Spurrier was then going to find, all right, you got to run a 15 yard curl. And if you didn't run a 15 yard curl, he's going to find the dude that ran the 15 yard curl. Right. Rather than just completely dissecting it, you know what I mean? But I mean, to me, it just created that that competitiveness. Right. That guess what? I mean, and he made it from day one. He pretty much had three rules of like every day you're going to compete, you know, improve why you got to play. And he's like, and the best player is going to play. Mm-hmm. Period. Like if you ain't getting the job done, next man up. Don't matter if it's a freshman. Don't matter if it's mm-hmm. a, a a senior. Going to go to class. You never lay a hand on a woman. Yep. That was about I remember, it. I remember hearing the third one. But that, but yeah, literally, yeah. that's it. Gonna be on time. Go to class. Never lay your hand on a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, it ain't. You just didn't feel where you were like afraid to freaking fart, right? You know, and yeah. be be just yeah. ridiculed for yeah. anything. But like, it just to me, when Coach Berry got there, the fun in football came back. Man. There you go. I mean, straight up, about. it was fun. It was awesome. And I mean, and again, believe me, I. Just even as the confidence grows, and I will say that I'm, th- I am thankful I really learned to play college football under Coach Holtz because of those details, right? And because of how important it was to go to individual, how important it was to practice those fundamental steps that then become reactionary mm-hmm. when the when the shit hits the fan, when yeah. bullets really start flying. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just kind of just the foundation base that's what made me a good blocker all that stuff but right. you know it's just i would say it's more detailed holts more repetition with coach Spurrier. Yep. how yep. how hard can we practice how many reps can we get in all right we are going to stop right there for part one of this conversation with andy and bryson we had such a good conversation going we're going to make this two episodes so that's part one Part two will be coming up where we talk a little bit of X's and O's from the Spurrier years and what Andy feels like Coach Beamer and his new staff bring to the University of South Carolina. So be on the lookout for that soon. Hope everybody liked part one.